0: Welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here we talk about the connection between creativity and healing and how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally. Join us now. Hi, everyone. Larissa Russell of Creative You Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Dan Hank. Dan is a shop owner, published writer, artist, and MMA competitor. Dan started out as a homeless, heavy drinking, punk rocker. Growing tired of being a loser pretty fast, he managed to acquire his first job at Chuck E. Cheese and kept scaling up from there. Putting himself through art school, he moved to New York City to make it as an artist, eventually having his 15 minutes of fame. Along the way, he was stabbed by a crackhead, broke the window of a flipped car with his face, and came down with brain cancer. His wife died in a hit and run. Dan also had a car hit him while texting and he woke up in the hospital and his truck flipped traversing unmarked rural construction and he recovered consciousness in the woods. So Dan says, unless we are all living in the matrix, he seems to be still alive. There's a running theory that he's a cyborg. So welcome, Dan.
1: Thank you. Well,
0: it's good to have you. So can you share a little bit of your story and and what's brought you to this point in your
1: life? It's a a pretty complex story. It's a pretty long story, but uh, to make it simple, um, I started out with a very conservative, very Christian military family, didn't approve anything I did, so I ended up homeless, and I slowly managed to climb back up, made to New York as an artist, and now I'm a a Polish artist and a tattoo shop owner.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's definitely
1: the short version.
0: so what does healing with creativity mean to you?
1: I think that, I mean, a lot of us are creative people. Some people more so than others. Like some people like to see what other people do. Some people like to do it for themselves. Um, I think I'm one of those kind of people that needs to do for myself to, get, to, to really feel fulfilled and inspired. And the more I've been able to do that, over time, the the more I feel like I've kind of come out to be myself. Right, and so
0: what would you say is the uh, healing modality that you use, or creative healing modality that you use for yourself, currently?
1: I think you just need to authentically be yourself. I think a lot of people try really hard to meet other people's expectations, and you're never going to be happy if you're just trying to be someone else's version of you.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And I think we, we say it all the time about being authentic, but people, <laughs> until you actually are able to do that and share your most authentic self, it's true um, that you, you're sort of floundering through everything. Yeah. So how do you manage to uh, find time to create in your regular life?
1: Well, it's changed over time. Like it, it used to be sort of like almost a roadblock I think a lot of the roadblock is you have to get past all the precepts that are pushed on you by other people. Like some people expect you to be one thing. Some people expect you to be another thing. You're expected to present yourself to society a certain way. And of course you want to interact with society and not be a total asshole. But at the same time, you want to kind of be yourself. You don't want to be the facade other people have pressed on you.
0: Yeah. And have your creative endeavors... Changed throughout your life, or have they all stayed pretty much the same?
1: They definitely changed, but they, the kind of the core stays the same, and they change as more information comes your way. I think that's a good evolution, you know, to to be influenced by other people and other things, and whatever happens around you, and to go, oh, maybe this is a more fruitful path for me to travel along.
0: Yeah. And do you think COVID has changed your creativity at all?
1: I don't, I don't know if COVID has specifically, because I've had a lot in my life and I've had a lot in my life that are kind of um, almost wake up calls. And I don't think COVID was as much of the wake call as like my wife dying in a run was or having brain cancer was. So yeah, it, it, did, it did put a little bit of impetus on certain things. But I think I already had stronger pushes that way.
0: Right. Yeah. And with with some of those things that you've had happen, you know, like the brain cancer, like losing your wife, um, you know, different things like that have, that have happened to you. You've been very resilient through all of that, it seems. So what do you attribute that to? I,
1: I think my entire life I've had to fight to be who I am. Uh, I, my parents are very conservative, very Christian. Uh, my dad's a military retired lieutenant colonel. Uh, he's been every war since Vietnam, it, and I've been an atheist since the fourth grade. I, I'm heavily into sci-fi and I was heavily into punk rock, especially as a teenager, and all that only against what what he. Envision his children would turn out to be so it was it was a fight to be yourself so I I think everything that happens I just take it sort of in the glass half full mentality of okay well I still have something to work with I'm going to try and and accomplish that
0: right and you're you're a tattoo artist now is that correct
1: yes that's correct
0: yeah and do you get a lot of chance to be creative in that like I know it's a creative endeavor but a lot of people come in with something they want. Do you get a chance to actually use your creativity in that?
1: Quite a bit, actually. The The way that tattooing has evolved, like when I first saw tattooing, I'd see like Mike Ness and like all the punk rock, my punk rock heroes, and they'd be covered in tattoos, but they're like little trinkets, like little traditional Americana art. And I said, I like those. I want those in my body, but that's not what I want to do for a living. And then my my kind of evolution of looking at it changed and the whole industry changed over time. So I moved to New York city to make it as a comic artist originally. And I interviewed with a couple companies and I realized that a lot of those other art forms is really hard to express yourself. They put a lot of limitations on you. They pay you very little money. And with tattooing, I was able to not only make a living off of artwork, but people started really liking my stuff and, I mean, I, I had help in that. I kind of blew up. I was in all the magazines and all the books and everything. But when that happened, a lot of people would just come to me and they say, what do you want to do? And I thought that was great.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, and then I think that might come from you
1: being a well-known
0: tattoo artist. Do you think that you're allowed more creativity in that?
1: Yeah, it, I think definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I traveled all over the world. So even when... I wouldn't encounter that creativity with like the local people because I'd have less of a local market. I've had people fly in from Brazil and from Belgium and from Sweden. uh, I've done conventions in like France and people come down from Norway to get tattooed by me. So people tend to search me out and they tend to find me and it really helps that I've been in all the books and magazines because they knew who I am.
0: Yeah, yeah. Growing up, I'm assuming you weren't a tattoo artist. Growing up, what what creative outlets did you have as a younger person?
1: Well, we didn't have a TV until until the fifth grade, and that's my grandmother fell sorry for us, so she gives her old TV, which is remember that fake wood paneling. Like we had a little tiny TV with that fake wood paneling, and like the antennas on it were long gone, so it was like a coat hanger with some foil on it. And I remember my parents would let us watch one hour a day, and I'd often watch like out of Limits or Twilight Zone or something like that. But I wasn't used to TV, so I was used to reading a lot of books. Like I was reading full novels by the time I was in fourth grade. And we go to the local library. I mean, we had no money, so we go to the local library, and I check out this huge stack of books, and I have it all read within a week. Like I didn't even be up at night, you know, with a flashlight behind my bed reading stuff. Yeah. So
0: you always sort of had that creative outlet writing. Did you draw a lot? Did you do those things yeah, to I sort of? Yeah, I lot.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I'm sure it's, you know, a lot of that stuff is like great now, but I, I did like my first novel when it was in fifth grade, all on like lined, you know, uh, <laughs> notebook paper. And I drew like little illustrations in it and stuff like that. So I always wanted to be either a writer or an artist. I couldn't even decide between the two. And when some of the more advanced combos came along, like Watchmen and the Dark Knight and so on, was like, oh, I can do both. That's great.
0: Do you think that your creativity has helped you through some of these hardships that you've had in your life? Definitely. Yeah. And how would you say that that's helped you?
1: Well, I, I think that there's, it's almost like there's two worlds. Like there's a the world of like reality and they try and push there there's stigma on you and there's the reality of what you make up in your head of what you really want to do and what you really want to think and it probably helped that i didn't have like mind-numbing tv or video games or anything like that so i had a pretty rich fantasy life in my head so you know I, I remember like you know we didn't have a lot of money so i i would make up scenarios like like in the woods about like being on some like alien planet or you know, various things like that. So I think I think that helped. I, I think that helps you like to move along and process. And as it's gone over life, I think I've become more comfortable with, I mean, it sounds it sounds narcissistic or whatever, but like living in my own world, you know, mm-hmm. and if you live in your own world, so you, you kind of start to see things more along the lines of the way you want to see them, the way you think you should see them, and less along the lines of the way society tells you to see them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's then allows you to live that your most authentic self, right? So that, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I want to thank you for talking with me today. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we maybe haven't discussed today?
1: Well, I think people should definitely check out my new book. I really, I'm really into writing right now. Um, I, I kind of went through a phase where I was just doing a lot of artwork and I didn't feel as fulfilled. So I, I'm really enjoying writing right now. It's called The End of the World. It's like you can buy it everywhere. It's on Amazon, or Nook, Barnes and Nobles, whatever.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about that book?
1: It's, uh, I mean, this is kind of what I was into when I grew up. It's like apocalyptic sci-fi. Like there, there's a little bit of a horror element. There's a little bit of a sci-fi element. There's a little bit of a socio-political. I mean, I was a teenage punk rocker, so I'm used to society giving you a real kick in the ass when you try to be yourself.
0: hmm Well, that's excellent. We'll we'll make sure that we have links to that. And I just want to thank you again for being here today.
1: All right. Thank you. Thank you for having
0: me. To our listeners, we will see you again next time. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Thank you for listening. If you found our podcast of interest, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you listen in.